1: Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today we're interviewing a financial executive who will be sharing some creative ways for business owners to give back to the community and make their money work for them, whether it's either either before or after a sale. But before we meet him, let's hear from our show sponsors, Sunbelt Business Advisors and Baker Tilly. At advisory and accounting firm Baker Tilly, we serve as value architects to help companies enhance and protect their value as they prepare to exit their business. Our team utilizes a rigorous approach to guide business owners through their transition, and we work with your other advisors to coordinate all aspects of a successful exit plan. Visit us at bakertilly.com to see how we can help. Baker Tilly, now for tomorrow.
0: You give your business everything, but now you have a decision to make. Should you grow or go? Every business owner will exit their business someday. It's a big personal and financial decision. The best business owners know what their business is worth and they know their options. Sunbelt Business Advisors can help you understand what your business is worth now and how to net the most when you sell. And if your business isn't ready for sale, we will show you how to get it ready. Here's the best part. Sunbelt gets paid when you get paid at the closing table. And if you aren't ready to exit your business right now, but you want to know what your company is worth, Sunbelt will meet with you for no charge, no cost, no commitment, absolutely confidentially. So whether you're ready to go or still working on your grow, meet with Sunbelt now. The world's largest business brokerage firm is ready to help you. Call 612-455-0880, 612-455-0880. That's 612-455-0880 or go to sunbeltminnesota.com, sunbeltminnesota.com.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Derek Weatherford, who is a market executive with BMO Private Bank. Derek, welcome to the show.
2: Julie, thanks for having me. Very excited today.
1: It's really great to have you. It's been (laughs) such a long time since we sat down and had a conversation. It has been. I mean, I think
2: we've known each other for over four years. And I've just watched you over the last four to five years, so impressed with all the work you've done in the business owner community and just excited to be part of this today. So thanks. Thank you.
1: Thanks for being here. For sure. There's a lot to talk about and we're going to get into that. But I would like to have you start with just kind of sharing your journey with us.
2: Sure. Uh, Actually, I've been with uh, Bank of Montreal Private Bank for a little over three years, uh, Mm -hmm. but I started my journey well over 20 years ago. I have over 20 years of impassioned experience uh, working with families and business owners in particular, and specifically, I've just had so much uh, experience and success, and and passion for helping business owners understand their philanthropic journey, mm. which is something I think we'll discuss today. Absolutely. And uh, I just noticed over the years that it's been an important part of their process, and helping them understand what that means to them has been a passion for me for a long time.
1: That is a fantastic topic, and I'm so glad we're going to be talking about it because we haven't yet on this show. Um, And there's so much to it. There's so many options. I know you guys get really creative. So we're going to get into that. Um, But when we talk about philanthropy, let's just start with the statistics that you shared with me. When we first started talking about getting on the show, um, you had said that there's some statistics that you kind of start with, you know, when you're when you're having a conversation and what would those be? Yeah, there, there are a
2: couple of interesting t- statistics uh, that I've learned over the years. The first was uh, when I was participating in Exit Planning Institute, EPI, organization you know extremely well. <laughs> yeah. uh, I participated in the first ever uh, business owner survey that you conducted. Mm-hmm. And in reading the results, there was something out of, out of all the wonderful questions that you asked business owners, one of which is, are you charitable? And 65% of the business owners responded affirmatively that, yes, Mm. they are. And I wanted to dig a little bit deeper into that and really understand what that means. Uh, And I had done some research on the internet in the work that I do and both, uh, and my team does in impact investing and also philanthropy. Yes. I learned that 85% of consumers, so out of the 65% who are philanthropically inclined,
1: 85% of them don't know where to start. Exactly, which is why we're having this conversation. Yes. Because there's so it's kind of murky, right? And not only murky, but there. I, I tell
2: you, I tell you, living in the Twin Cities for 13 years, mm-hmm. this is one of the most philanthropic mm-hmm. communities in the entire country. And I've lived on both coasts, down south. Just really amazed at the people I've met, the organizations. There are over 2,500 mm-hmm. nonprofits in the Twin Cities alone, and mm-hmm. they're all doing amazing things. Mm-hmm. And for someone who wants to be philanthropic or charitable. Where do they begin if they don't know how to start? Another interesting statistic I learned that if you have a, if you give over five thousand a year roughly uh, to organizations, you probably should have a plan in place and be a little bit more strategic. and I we find in our business in wealth management and private banking, a lot of people, for example, write checks to the local charity or their church or an organization important to them. Mm-hmm. and there are while important, there there are other ways you can continue to be philanthropic. Be both strategic and impactful at the same time,
1: right? Kind of covering all those bases. That's right. And there are several bases, right? It's it's um I kind of like to call it a win win situation, yes. right? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's get into that. Um, how does it all start, though? I know that there are questions that you're going to ask your clients when it comes to making those decisions, but but how do we get started with that conversation?
2: Yeah, there, there are quite a few questions that you can ask. And I, I would say that being in this business for over 20 years, mm-hmm. any,
1: it,
2: actually, I'll share another statistic with you, please. Um, uh, in, in all the years that people are advising clients, whether you're a, a trust company, private bank, brokerage firm, mm-hmm. uh, RIA, registered investment advisor, it's important to understand your client's goals and dreams. And we found through various statistics through some of the largest organizations I've seen at Vanguard, Fidelity, Morgan Stanley, that uh, most, I want to get this right, uh, most advisors do not talk to their clients about philanthropy until Mm -hmm. at least the sixth or seventh meeting with them. Wow! And I feel like that's a huge disadvantage on behalf of the consumer because you want to know what's important to them the first time you meet them. So that's certainly something that we focus on. And the type of questions we ask are straightforward. One, are you philanthropic? Uh, And the answers vary, and especially with business owners, because Mm -hmm. business owners are trying to grow their company. They're trying to be successful. Maybe they just don't feel they have time or the energy to devote to philanthropy. Yes. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, They may not be philanthropic today. Other questions we ask, uh, for example, are what are your family's values? Um, Describe the purpose for your wealth. Uh, those are things that are philosophical and values-driven questions mm-hmm. that oftentimes are not asked enough uh, in, in the industry that we are in, and we feel like it's a very important topic to discuss early in conversations.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you really can't advise until you know what's important to them.
2: That's exactly right.
1: Yeah. And I find, too, you probably do as well, um, that when this is a conversation that they haven't had before... That you almost have to bring them, it, it's kind of like exit planning, you know, you ask people what they want, you ask business owners what they want, they don't know. Well, what do you not want? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> sometimes you kind of back into what they do want, or you can at least m- go through a process of elimination, yes. you know, like there's there's no way that I would um, make any contributions to these organizations, but these organizations are important to me. And and then there's a way to stay involved as well, right? Yes. Um, so let's talk about uh let's talk, let's go back to that family business you you brought that up. There are so many family businesses in Minnesota as we know, and philanthropy is very important to the majority of them H- however that looks right mm-hmm. um, for the larger ones, obviously they they're able to give more um, and be more impactful and more involved as well, right mm-hmm. For the smaller ones, not so much, but that doesn't mean that what they have or what they're able to do is is not important. So let's speak to that.
2: Agreed. Mm-hmm. And you know, again, I, I was very uh, grateful to be able to join you today because of your experience and success in working with business owners and really understanding their understanding their true nature. And your book, Poise for Exit, actually uh, there are a couple of passages and topics within that book that mm-hmm. really struck me because it aligns well with our conversation today. For example, one of the things you talks you talk about is, uh, and forgive me, I'll paraphrase: How mm-hmm. well you exit? Uh, depends largely on how well and how early you plan. Exactly. And and a lot of that uh, can be transferable to the concept of philanthropy, which I'll talk about in a second. Uh, being being a bit more strategic, and the earlier you do it. Um, secondly, uh, you have. I think it's nine questions you, that every business owner needs to be asking themselves. And what I found interesting in those nine questions, some are, are finance-related or financial-related. Financial right. Profitability, uh, cash flow, debt capacity, things like that. But then there are also values and culture, mm-hmm. uh, which are important questions that any business owner needs to be thinking about as they contemplate that eventual transition that will happen either because they want it to happen or, or it has to happen for various reasons. But right. it's going to happen someday. Exactly. And the concept of philanthropy is is extremely important because, one, uh, you have to be you have to think of it from a a perspective of is it mission friendly your organization or your company, uh, and does it align with your personal values? And secondly, is it tax friendly? And that's obviously where a lot of business owners, as you know, want to be spending much of their time. And when we talk about philanthropy with business owners, we still want to understand what's truly in in their heart. Are, are they philanthropic for the right reasons? Uh, and some of whom are, yep, I don't want to have to pay taxes if I don't have to. So yes. sure, I'm happy to become philanthropic if it makes sense. Sure. And that's okay, too. Sure. Um, but some interesting and important things for business owners to be thinking about, um, one is bucketing your philanthropy. Mm. And, and I, I say that because it's an extremely important strategy. When I first mentioned earlier about the fact that you know, a lot of people just write checks to organizations, and that's a great way to do it. But there's so many different ways you can you can be more strategic with your philanthropy and your giving. For example, learning how important philanthropy is in the Twin Cities, and unfortunately, in light of what's happening recently yeah. um, in Brooklyn Center and obviously with the recent trial, uh, there are organizations that are doing amazing things. Uh, with minority-owned small business owners, minority communities helping be impactful. So you can be impactful as a business owner in your own community. You can mm-hmm. be impactful on a national level, uh, on a global level. And that could be things like corporate sustainability, um, cu- you know, curing famine or world hunger. Uh, you can be as broad or as specific as you'd like to be. But that's where business owners really need our help as advisors to really understand what's out there and how they can be most effective. And then when you talk about the tax impact, it's extremely important. For example, we work a lot with business owners who are contemplating that transition. We work with their external advisor team, like you, as a a Mm -hmm. great example, where they're contemplating the eventual transition. Mm -hmm. How can I be most tax efficient? Um, there, there are there are tools you can use in your tool chest. For example, donor advised funds. Yes, we partner with an organization uh, called National Philanthropic. Okay, and they're like any large national donor advised fund organization. Fidelity has them. Schwab has them. There are great ones here in the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, Saint Paul foundations. Uh, they're great ways for for clients to get involved. And I implore any business owner to get to know your your donor advised fund organizations. But you you can actually be strategic and and put Assets, um, shares of your company, yes. privately held shares in donor advised funds that could eventually offset some of the capital gains implications. And I will stipulate I'm not tax advisor, so sure. please talk to your tax advisor about this. But there are great and creative ways. So if you could offset up to twenty three point eight percent of your capital gains, even if it's just a portion of the eventual sale proceeds why not do it?
1: Well, exactly. Isn't that the truth? And um, w- wouldn't you say, I mean, from what I know about donor advised funds, um, they are what they are, right? You're, mm-hmm. you're a donor, but you're also advising, right? Or you have the capability of being able to stay involved and make decisions on where that money goes because it's impactful. So it isn't just like writing a check and walking away. It's like, okay, we're making a commitment here, and we're not only going to be sharing our dollars, we're going to be sharing our expertise in some situations. Could you speak to that a little bit more?
2: Yeah, that's that's a great point, too, because um, uh, business owners, uh, when they sell their company, like you say often, this is the single biggest uh, life experience that they will have, and hopefully they maximize that in, in a great mm-hmm. financial way. But also, uh, being more impactful, it's important for business owners to think about things like what role do I want to have once I've sold my company? Mm-hmm. Can I spend every day on the golf course? Or can I spend every day in my art studio? Or can I spend every day on my boat? Probably not. Mm-hmm. So so business owners, more than anybody, tend to, tend to get antsy quickly. And yes. they want to move on to the next thing. And the next thing can be philanthropy. And so really trying to understand, um, sitting down, uh, uh, writing down what's important to you, what's important to your family, what type of organizations are important to you, what type of time commitment do you want to offer? Are you capable of offering either before you've sold your company or after you've sold your company? Right. What type of role do you want to have in the organizations that you want to support? There are some need organizations. One, for example, I'm a friend of, I haven't been able to participate, is Social Venture Partners. And, mm. and it's a need organization because it's called venture, uh, venture philanthropy. So mm. people that like the concept of hedge funds and, and venture capital, uh, you get to be an investor and not a donor. They call you an investor at that organization. And oh. it's a great national organization with a chapter here in the Twin Cities. Interesting. And uh, it allows business owners can relate to that organization because they get to be yeah. investors and partners, and then they get to actively participate in the organizations that social venture partners uh, chooses okay. to fund in a given year. And usually it's two organizations a year. Okay. And so we find that business owners like that. Well, I'm, I'm a marketing expert. I'd like to support this organization that needs marketing support or Board development, sure. or, or fundraising, or anything like that. Got it. And and uh, these business owners tend to gravitate to those because they get to get their hands dirty, so to speak. They get to get involved, mm-hmm. and and we find that uh, business owners may may want to less be on a uh, in an organization that tends to be more symbolic in nature. Lots of great global, huge organizations within the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. but globally, um, who who are happy to take donations and they 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 help the world. But there are organizations there's some business owners tend to want to gravitate to, which tend to be more hands-on. I like to get my hands dirty. I like to participate and see the success of the organization, and I'm actually part of that. And that feeds that energy that sure. they had running a company every single day.
1: Yeah, and there there are many entrepreneurs that do want to stay involved, um, maybe not on a day-to-day basis, but they want to be able to use the skills and talents that they've developed, right? It gives you a sense of relevancy and productivity, Um, but you're, a lot of times you're doing it on your own time. They're not necessarily getting a job there. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but they can do as much or as little as they want. You know, there's going to be others that are going to be like, okay, I really want to make a difference. Um, I want to stay involved from, but from a silent perspective, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and make my decisions that way and just kind of monitor that way. So they can go one way or the other or or whatever's in between.
2: That's exactly right. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why it's so important to sit down with, with your family Mm -hmm. and, and think about what's important to you and what role you want to have mm-hmm. and then you get to make that decision mm-hmm. knowing that certainly the 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 money that you're contributing is of the utmost importance to all the great organizations we have in the Twin Cities and nationally uh, but then you get to you get to decide what role you want to play which is important
1: well I want to ask now um, about your role in all of this Derek okay when you're working with a client um, tell us about, what that looks like. What's a typical client for you? What's your role? How does that all um, look?
2: Yeah. So yeah. so uh, I lead a team of uh, 20 really articulate, smart professionals here in the Twin Cities, and we are a trust company. And so mm-hmm. we focus on uh, a full breadth of services. And uh, those things range from um, uh, strategic planning, estate planning, uh, strate- mm. u- the use of strategic leverage, helping, helping business owners, for example, use leverage to diversify their balance sheet in a meaningful way, and, and also transfer their wealth to future generations. So so we work with our, our clients' external advisors uh, as part of a bigger team, and yes. that's usually their attorneys, their CPAs, uh, their their exit planning strategists, mm-hmm. um, right. like you, Julie. For sure. and, and we're all working on behalf of the clients. And so our clients typically are those with a uh, Liquid uh, net worth in, in the three to50 million dollar range. Uh, and we tend to do our, our best work with, with clients who really want to understand better understand those questions that I asked earlier. What, mm-hmm. what, what are your family's values? What's important to you? What are you hoping to accomplish with mm-hmm. this wealth you've accumulated? Or this business that is the single largest asset that you own, and now you're going to be selling it, and it's a new chapter in your life, mm-hmm. what's next? And how yeah. can we be of help to you? And so um, we really get, gain a lot of energy from working with our clients, but also our, our clients' advisors, because if we're all sitting on the ta- at the table together and making sure that we are focusing on the client's goals and not everybody's siloed interests, uh, those tend to be the best relationships and the best outcomes for the client's.
1: Absolutely, um, I truly believe in collaboration, as you know. And again, it kind of goes back to that whole win-win philosophy, right? Um, if we're doing the best job we can for our clients, then our clients appreciate us, they refer us out, our our relationship grows, flourishes, and and stays together, right? Um, and then the client, of course, wins, and so that makes us all happy.
2: Yeah, I, I would say, Julie, too. That that's an important component because, um, you know, I mentioned early on, I've, I've. I've watched you and been able to get to know you over the last five years, and it's extremely important to me. I, I'm I'm a student as well, and I like oh, to absolutely. learn from really smart, articulate <laughs> people in their own specific area mm-hmm. uh, that, that that where they excel. And and that's one thing, um, you know. You and I were introduced by Chris Kobold, who's a mutual friend of ours. Yeah, some someone I consider probably one of the best uh, connectors in the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. and uh, I I strive to continue to to achieve that type of. Uh, connectivity because it's important when you're able to do things for people and make meaningful connections that help people do business together, but also just be successful. And right. I think uh, I, I'm in my infancy relative to a lot of you that have done a great job of being connectors in the Twin Cities. And, and what I see, the, the common trait is you just want to do what's best for the people you're connecting with and the clients you serve. And that, that's, what, that's aspirational for me. So thank you for that.
1: Oh, absolutely. And um, yeah, it's great. Chris is awesome. She's a good connector for sure so um when we talk about all these options okay um and and the creative ways that you guys can can put a plan together for a business owner who wants to be philanthropic, I imagine that it's something that rolls out over time um i'm I'm sure that there are you know we talked about different paths and and you know kind of an approach um, maybe we could elaborate on that a little bit more
2: yeah I th- it is a process I think mm-hmm. that's first and foremost uh what we try to teach our clients and mm-hmm. educate our clients about, um, maybe they were writing checks to an, to an organization or their yep. church, etc., which mm-hmm. was easy for them, and it, it was kind of a no-brainer, but it but it was meaningful. And, and so our role uh, with our clients is to really help them understand that it is a process, kind of like an estate plan, uh, where you can't just draft a document and let it go for 10 years. You always have to be revisiting that. Exactly. And that is one of the key things about philanthropy. Uh, you first have to figure out, if you're philanthropic, and if so, where do you want to be philanthropic? How much time do you want to spend? And we put together a roadmap for clients. Uh, because I've I've spent 12 or 13 years working really hard to get to know the philanthropic community, I try to come alongside my team mm-hmm. and help with the clients in certain instances where we ask some of those tough questions um, and, and really try to understand, get them to really think. Because it, it becomes an emotional journey for, for business owners to Absolutely. be thinking about this because yeah. likely if they do have organizations that are extremely important to them and they're passionate about then let's figure out how we can we can build an infrastructure and a strategy utilizing things like donor advised funds or mm-hmm. simply writing checks um, or creating a private foundation which which historically has been a very popular thing with with wealthy families uh, but there's so many different ways to be philanthropic and and we just help them along the w- along the way and letting them know that it's not one and done let's continue to have this conversation at minimum annually just to make sure your yeah. your feelings your thoughts your emotions haven't changed and and maybe maybe your goals have changed uh, from a tax perspective so let's Re-, re rejigger that and and talk to your CPA and let's figure out how to best make it most meaningful and efficient for you.
1: And that um, this whole conversation really fosters the the um, perpetuation of their legacy, it you does. know, in a whole different way. And legacy is very important to a lot of privately held companies. Um, especially family businesses. And so this is just another way to be able to carry that on. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, we've kind of reached a time when we have to ask for those action items from you, Derek. Um, there's so much more that we could talk about. I know that. Um, but what what would you advise for our our listening audience today?
2: So, so really, there are two things, and uh, one of which is extremely repetitive, but I, it bears saying again, um, it's important to sit down with your family and create a family mission statement. Mm. Uh, what's important to you? What's important to the family? What goals you're trying to achieve? And everybody's family mission statement is probably gonna be different, but it has to be meaningful and it has to be important to you. Mm. And so uh, that does take some emotional energy to do that, by the way. Getting the family together, especially if business owners wanna have their kids involved, they want to have this a multi-generational strategy. Mm. It's extremely important to do that. The next step would be to sit down with your advisor and talk about your philanthropic strategy and, and and set that appointment and say, this is all I would like to talk about at this point. Now, now I would say that um, if at that time... Your your advisor looks at you like you have two heads, and they're not really sure where to go with that conversation. Then, by all means, uh, consider aligning yourself with somebody who who is good at that. Right. But most importantly, many advisors want to be supportive of their clients and they want to help them. Mm-hmm. And let's hope that those advisors are able to really tap into their key resources at their organization mm-hmm. and help help this client achieve their goals. So those would be the two things: really sit Perfect. down, have an emotional conversation, and then also sit with your advisor and put a plan in place.
1: Well, the thing about being an advisor these days is that you can't be a jack-of-all-trades. You have to have good other people on, you know, diff- in different disciplines, um, and so you can't be an expert in everything, even when it comes to wealth management, right? Exactly right. Yeah. Well, Derek, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for joining us so much. Um, could you just share with us really quick how people can reach you? Uh,
2: thank you. Yes. Um, my email address is Derek.Weatherford uh, at BMO.com. You can certainly go to BMO Wealth Management, and uh, there's a link there for all of our great advisors uh, on my team. Uh, and uh, be happy to talk to anybody about uh, their philanthropic goals and how they can start on that journey.
1: Fantastic. And uh, for those of you who are listening, as always, this episode will be available at the Poised for Exit website. So, poisedforexit.com, where you can download this episode and you'll also see the show notes where we'll be highlighting Derek and you can reach him from a link that we'll provide there as well. Please do share this program with your business owner friends and colleagues. We really do appreciate you listening and sharing and uh, also for your feedback. And uh, the the door is open for that. So, if you've got feedback on topics that you'd like to hear or comments that you'd like to make, please let me know. I'd appreciate it. And I hope you can join us again next time. Thank you.